What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. This message must be read in every newspaper, heard on every radio, seen on every television. This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. <laughs> the fuck is with this guy? Who is he? I'm your huckleberry. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So you smart, huh? No. I thought your hair would be bigger. It says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. So, just chill out. You know, drink a 7-Up, eat a moon pie, quit murdering people. You have smoked yourself retarded. It's a big club. And you ain't in it. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight. And then watch the hair come back up again. What is your major malfunction, num nuts? And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. Guys, I come to you with a with a heavy heart. Uh, unfortunately, our good friend Ryan Chestnut from uh, the 643 Conspiracy Podcast that was supposed to come on in two weeks uh, passed away on Friday. Um, and those of you that follow me on Instagram know that I, uh, I have his GoFundMe up there for his wife and his two young children. So uh, anybody that can donate, man, it's it's greatly appreciated. It's, you know, I hate doing stuff like this. I hate asking for help, but this this is worthy. I mean, I didn't know the kid real long, but man, we bonded instantly. It was like we, we talked baseball. We talked about our kids. We talked about uh, cards, and that's what we're going to do. We're still going to have uh, him and his buddy Hank had uh, the 643 Conspiracy Pod and Hank's going to still come on Memorial Day. We're still going to do the show uh, and kind of kind of push it in his memory. So uh, I'm going to leave the uh, GoFundMe link in the show notes. So if anybody can please, you know, nothing's too little, uh, donate to the cause. I would greatly appreciate it. And uh, I know his family will as well. So I hate to start the show like that with a bummer, but shit happens, you know, and, uh, and he was a good dude, man. And everybody that, that I know that met him, he was one of those guys that just, you know, everybody liked. So hate to do it, but it is what it is. So, you know, rest in power, buddy. And, uh, and we're thinking about you and your family. And and if you guys could say prayers for his, his wife and two young, two young kids, it, it would be greatly appreciated. So with that said, 
I would like to welcome tonight's guests to one of my favorite, obviously it's my favorite night of the week. We do this every week and we have such a good time here. And uh, I want to welcome my friends from the Patriot Party podcast. We got Mick and V. Lynn. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And uh, just to add on to that, hey, any Wolfpack members, you guys, you you know already know we've been through the same thing. You know what it's like? Please donate. You already know. You don't even have to ask the question. You already know what that's like. We've already gone through it. So yep. donate, please. Except Justin didn't leave behind a wife and two kids. So yes. that's that's even more important. Yeah, it's it's never it's never easy, but I I love what you guys do. I can't believe how much you guys go. And we were just talking about it before the show and and uh actually our, our buddy Ron Weed turned me on to your mm-hmm. guys' show. And I love the variety that you do because you have, you know, your weekly show. Then there's the weekend where it's gardening and conspiracies. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of into a little I I am the worst. I I swear I have like black thumbs instead of green thumbs because any plant that I have, I kill. So like all this new electroculture stuff and the new wave of growing is really getting me interested in it. And and I was showing you guys beforehand, I have my buddy Nico, who does the Upstate Unconventional podcast, makes these little Oregon pyramids. And he calls them cloud busters and things like that. And uh, and so I put one in my plant because it wasn't doing well this winter. And all of a sudden, it just started growing. Well, I just noticed the other day that the side where I had the pyramid on is like has like probably 20 leaves. But the backside only has these three little baby leaves. So I'm like, oh, shit, I got to flip this thing around. So uh, I love what you guys do. Uh, just let my listeners on uh, know what your podcast is all about. So, you know, it's funny. We started hmm, two and a half years ago now. Yep. Yeah. Um, December 15th of 2021 was our first show or 2020. 2020. Yeah. December 15th of 2020 was our first show. You guys are Um, pre-COVID. Well, I mean, it was. Yeah. 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 We were pre-COVID. We were pre-everything. We were just after. It was just post-election. We were like, yeah, screw it. We've got to say something now because we we can't keep our mouth shut anymore. We started out as pre-recorded once a week and it was such a struggle to get Mick to agree to do two shows a week. He was like, it's just, it's so much. And then it got to the point where like the news just started picking up and there was so much to go over. And you know, the one pre-recorded show a week would start being like three hours and we're like, all right. So we picked up a second show and then, um, then they started going four then hours they started, each. Then they, then they picked up and then, uh, Justin from cannabis and combat, uh, who is our, our dear friend that we lost last summer. Um, he was like, y'all, you just, you guys need to start going live. Like, it's just so much easier. There's no editing on the, or very little editing on the back end, And it's just, it's so much easier. And we're like, ah, it's so much. But then Mick had a little medical thing. And so he, he was a firefighter, which meant we couldn't do a daily, right. Live show. Cause he was 24 hours on 48 hours off, unless he picked up an extra shift. Sometimes he was 48 hours on 24 hours off. Um, but he, he nixed that job and just stayed with his other job. And uh, we started doing the live show and then we, we started doing it every day and then we picked up the weekend shows. So, uh, yeah. So Monday through Friday, um, we go live at well, 6 PM for really the start of the intro. We start playing music about 15 minutes before, uh, on the Patriot party podcast channels and on the redpills.tv cause we're associated with Josh at the red pill project as well. Um, 
and we go until 8 15 because josh comes up after us and then saturdays i do that i call it freedom gardens and we do a little bit of everything uh gardening um last weekend i played a, the documentary about fluoride fluoride poison on tap uh because that was just saturday um my my best friend heather hosts it with me every other week she was vaccine injured and we started the show because i was looking for a cure or at least something to mitigate her symptoms and uh and we found it so we started on a protocol of uh high dose vitamin c and vitamin d cardio miracle distilled water and eggs um farm fresh eggs from our chickens and like her symptoms she's she has more energy now than i've ever seen it's completely turned around she got to the point where she was almost incapacitated for three or four days out of the week three weeks out of the month i mean she would like she would pass out she had no energy um she couldn't she was asleep at seven o'clock at night the brain fog was horrible her work performance suffered significantly she was like i can't live like this so so yeah, so I brought her, we started the Freedom Gardens and I brought her on the show to, um, to kind of show everyone her progress and she's been doing amazing and, and yeah, it's kind of ballooned from there. And really, Freedom Gardens have been around since World War II. I mean, we used to call them Victory Gardens back then and yep. everybody grew them. Your grandparents grew them. Everybody did it. Yep. Everybody did their part for the war. Um, why we ever stopped, I still have absolutely not a fucking clue. But anyway... <laughs> That's where we're at. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I saw a meme today that was talking about that, about how in the early 1900s, it was the elite who essentially started um, getting rid of their gardens and started having these well-manicured lawns to prove that they didn't need to grow food. There was enough for that everyone else could provide to them. So then it became a status symbol that you got rid of your garden and you had a manicured lawn. And, and that's something that, you know, I, like you, you said, my grandfather had a, he called it his victory garden. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a big old patch in his backyard. It was probably a quarter of his backyard. That was his garden. And he spent a couple hours out there a day. Shoot. My, my, my grandmother had, uh, she called it her victory garden. It was too freaking boxes in front of her house that she could tend to every day and all she grew in was potatoes i was like what the hell's the point yeah. of that i mean that's, <laughs> but that's all she grew but i mean oh. that's what she considered her victory garden because it was the size that the government required back in the day and i was like holy crap i had no idea the government required you and it goes back to World War II. World War II, the government did require the american population to all grow a garden everybody was required to grow a garden i that's the greatest idea I've ever heard. I don't know why the American government ever stopped that. Because they, Please, can't, keep push they that. can't control what you're eating and what they put in the food if you're growing it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying. See, I grew up potatoes in a dresser, in an old dresser, an old wooden dresser that I flipped on its head. Um, you know, and I took the drawers out and I filled it with compost and put landscaping fabric on the front where the drawers were and uh, planted potatoes in there. And it's huge. It's amazing. And in about a month, I can take the landscaping fabric off the top and about 50 or 60 pounds of potatoes will fall out. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And that's not the only one. And it's, it's funny because we started, uh, it was about a year and a half ago. Um, we were like, you know, we, we can't, we have to practice what we preach. We've always lived by that. So we sold our house in the suburbs and uh, we moved about an hour south. We got 
three acres, big pond. So we have our own water source if we should need it. Um, and, uh, and I started with one garden and Mick was like, every time you grow something, it dies. I'm like, no, it grows great. And then I always have to go to work and I don't get to water it and take care of it. And then it dies. I grow weeds. Fantastic. <laughs> right. So sometimes All that comes in handy. All sorts comes in handy. But, um, then he, I was like, I'm home now. You know, I, I got pushed out of my job over the jab. I wouldn't take it. Told him to fuck off after nine years. I walked. Um, I used to run a very large hotel and, uh, and I'm slowly but surely encroaching on Mick's manicured lawn. Every time he comes home, I, I put another fruit tree in, um, or, uh, you know, I'm like, Oh, I, I built a new garden today. So now I have five gardens and a container garden. And, um, cause unfortunately yeah. <laughs> somewhere in my wood pile, there's a, there's some Latin blood and I have this thing about very well manicured lawns and I've got to cut my grass and it's got to look right. <laughs> and I don't like it when she starts throwing obstacles in the way because it screws up the whole cut. And everybody <laughs> knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. I'm starting a mushroom garden next. I'm, I'm taking the chainsaw out and I'm Which cutting down. Which is great because that can stay in the I'm woods. I'm cutting so down some wood that. that we have and I'm, I'm putting little holes in it and plugging it with uh, mushroom little mushroom plugs and put some beeswax over it and uh in about a year you have mushrooms and they grow continuously for about six years wow until it eats out the entire log so that's amazing so here's 20 bucks on amazon for 100 plugs for different mushrooms so that's dope yeah, yeah i was gonna say mick every jose manuel uh, you know, uh, Carlos, all these guys know exactly what you're talking about, dude, yeah. when it comes to the, the mowing of the lawns. Right. But you know, that, that victory garden thing that that's such, uh, that, that, that seems like something where for whatever reason, the United States government was trying to unify the American citizens. Right. And now that's gone. Like the, the, the unification is gone for whatever reason. So instead of trying to you know, as a as a normal everyday citizen, try to have your part where you can be proud, where you're helping the boys overseas or whatever the case may be. Now it's just like, well, fuck these guys, you know, like these guys are defending fascism or whatever. You know, it's just like a weird, uh, like almost like a little civil war, like a cold civil war that's going on here so that people don't want to support the troops and people don't want to support these people that are actually going out there and risking life and limb to try to stand up for what's right here you know so it's interesting the division that's being sown at every corner well i i look at it this way you know uh we played a thing the other day paul harvey played a piece in 1965 he played a piece if i was the devil this is what i would do and, and if you go are. if you go back and you listen to what paul harvey said back in 1965 on november 8th 1965 it is chilling because exactly what you just said about the division, I would start in the churches is what Paul Harvey says. That's exactly where they started. If you think about it, if you think back to COVID, where did they start? They first start, hey, you can't go to church anymore. Whoa, wait a minute. No, you can't go there. There's a lot of people in there and they're all breathing the same air. Next thing you know, everybody's going to be sick. You can't go to church. Priests, you got to shut your churches down. That's where I would start. And I would continue to sow the division all the way through to the six where I would normalize the weird stuff and I would make the normal stuff square. That's what Paul Harvey said. Paul Harvey spoke this in 1965. 
I, I guess we just weren't listening because he was trying to tell us, hey, look, this is this is what's coming to fruition right now. This is 100 percent what's coming to fruition by far. I agree. I think yeah. I got it right here. If you guys want to listen to it real quick, Go we'll, for it. Uh, we'll play it. I were the devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Damn, talk about predicting the future right there. I mean, the only thing he's missing is chopping off kids' dicks. That's about it. Well, well also, also think about this, too. Think about Paul Harvey as a person. Remember, Paul Harvey was also connected to Watergate. Yep. You you remember, he's the only person to get convicted from Watergate. Only guy. You mean to tell me out of all those dudes, only Paul Harvey got convicted. No freaking way. No, I, no, no, I don't fucking believe that for one minute. Yeah. No, he was a patsy then. And then what they do to him? Oh, they kicked him down to AM radio. 
midday, midday AM radio when no one listens, a third of the percent of the population actually listens to radio. Yep. The one guy that everybody should have been listening to. Yeah, we'll just put him at midday AM radio. Fuck him. That's for pissing us off with freaking Watergate. What the hell's your problem? And so who's this guy again? I'm sorry. Paul. Paul. He, he was a radio uh, broadcast personality. He uh, broadcast. He died in 2009. He broadcast from, I want to say, 62 to. He was first on AFN in 62. And he was uh, he finally retired, I believe, from broadcast media in 2008 or 2007. At some point, I, uh, Bush gave him a presidential medal of freedom for all of his work for broadcast media. Would not talk about Watergate. Watergate was a big sticking point with Paul Harvey, and Paul Harvey could never make it out of the Watergate trap. Once he got stuck in it, he was fucked. It was, he got, and, and the more and more I've looked into this, the weirder it's gotten. So I've, this is a new conspiracy rabbit hole, whatever you want. I'm beginning to believe that Nixon was not what everybody made Nixon out to be. No, you mean that the media and the government lied to us? Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> Again. <laughs> Okay. Are you guys uh, suspicious of this guy being like uh, John Birch Society? Uh, you know, I, that's always kind of weird, right? We can't yeah, you're hear going your in audio. and out there. Am I? I'm sorry. Yeah, my uh, fucking audio for some reason. Yeah, Can you guys hear me? Correctly. Yeah, there you go. Um, this dude's John Birch Society. Is that weird to anyone? John no? Birch Society. Why does that sound familiar? That sounds like the House on the Hill. The Birch. It's like what Alex Jones is kind Hill of California. The one where uh, all the Democrats go to? No, no. It's like uh, it's it's kind of like what Alex Jones is allegedly a part of too. It's kind of it's one of those things that feeds into the division. Like I, so I've gotten always really suspicious anytime that I hear somebody saying something that is so um, just profound and something that's really really intelligent, and they have this platform, and then a lot of people start sharing that information. I always wonder why it's that information that starts getting shared right and that's kind of like um you know it's the idea of like the perfect being the uh or, or the good being the enemy of the perfect or whatever the fuck the the phrase is right is that, where is that you like know, yuri bezmanoff right would you put him in that category too the the uh, russian guy that predicted that we'd eventually be where we are today i think it's suspicious man do you i, I mean is no one else suspicious of a russian that's coming out here and telling us everything that us americans and conspiracy theorists want to hear where it's like, yeah, the Russians are the bad guys and they're trying to infiltrate us, right? I understand that there are these good guys out there um, and there's people that defect on both sides, whether it be the Americans going over to the uh, the, the the dark side because we're the good guys unequivocally, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's the, there's the other way around. It's just suspicious to me. And I'm not saying that this guy is uh, is bad or anything, but it's just, you know... It, it, I'm, I, I always like I, I feel the need to push back anytime I, I hear something like that. Well, um, with with Yuri Bezmenov, first of all, first of all, he was a defector that came over um, along. He was he was a defector. He was one of the late 70s, early 80s. No, he was one of the first defectors that uh, 
he actually no, he was later than that. He was late eighties, early nineties. He was one of the first ones that tipped us off about um Robert Hansen. Yeah. So Yuri Bezmanov already has a distinguished history with the CIA if you want to go that route. Yes. I all automatically I question everything. So nothing comes in front of me without a question. However, Paul Harvey though, with what they did to Paul Harvey, that is my question. Well, he clued into the bigger plan. He saw the, the bigger picture and they couldn't have him and what have we seen telling about what it. have we seen about people in this day and age that have cued into the bigger picture that cued into the bigger plan they got shut down immediately yeah. and they were ostracized and they were absolutely just you know slotted from wherever they were working at at that point my point with paul harvey is that echoes what we're seeing today that yeah. same shit happened to paul harvey back then in 65 a mad or well, actually it was later than that it was like 71 when that happened to him but when that shit happened to paul harvey that's the same shit we see going on today with COVID, with Joe Biden and the, the Biden crime family, um, with anything. If you come out and you say something remotely against the government, what's the first thing they do? Ban you on social media. How do I know? I was taken off of every single social media platform there was on January 7th, two thousand. Or 2021. Yeah, because you made the mistake of opening I your phone, my inside phone on the bubble. inside the bubble while I was in Janu January 6th. So yeah. I already know that it doesn't matter. Again, it goes about who you know, not what you know. And what's well, like know. what they're doing with Tucker now, right? I mean, exactly. as soon as he as soon as he started talking against the military industrial complex, boom, he's gone. Yep. He's off of Man, fire. dude, Tucker Carlson is such establishment too. I mean, yep. like that's the thing. Like yeah. anyone but that gets a are. job. That's how you get to that position nowadays, right? It was a little bit different back then in in the 60s and 70s because you still had journalists that do, were do we really think news. that though? Well, that was do, before they Alan Dulles before made, they rescinded the the Smith-Munt Act inside the Patriot Act. So, um Well, it goes before then point. even. It was it was under Clinton with the telecommunications act where yep. they consolidated all the media down into you know the what is a it half dozen companies form. now yes what they considered a singular form something manageable under governmental prospects and that's when i was like wait a minute state-run media we have state-run media now and yep. for, let's let's don't even you brought up martin dulles please tell me why martin alan dulles, dulles. well alvin dulles tell me why alvin dulles should alan Alan? Alan. Yeah, Alan Dulles and, and John Foster's his brother too, yeah. Yep. And they're huge because Alan Dulles was the one that convened the Warren Commission. Yep. After well, he created the CIA uh, he, as well. He, he was also the creator of the CIA. Yeah, so he killed JFK. Yeah, pretty yep. much. Yep. For the most part. With Which the Bushes and all that. Yeah. I, I think they're gonna kill Bobby Kennedy again. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a new one too. I really do. I. I you what know, do you all think? Between him, so I listened. He did. Did you guys see the interview he did with Russell Brand? Yes, it's it fire. And did you see the presentation that Dr. David Martin gave at the EU about two weeks ago? No, a week and a half ago. All right, that's insane. Um, Dr. David Martin is probably one of the smartest men alive, and he just doesn't give a fuck. Like he, he truly believes in freedom and the constitution like but i've met him in person um he's uh he's a good man um so 
Bobby Kennedy lays out between the two of them. If you if you watch the interview, the the two presentations, the interview and the presentation together, and I'm, I think I might even do a mashup of them because they lay out the timeline from World War II, and it predates that, but they pick it up at World War II with Operation War, uh, with the Nuremberg trials, which were a cover for Operation Paperclip. If you're not aware, uh, you know they hung a a dozen Nazis at Nuremberg and called it a day and said, oh, look, we got them all and all the bad guys hung. But no, they were actually just the CIA was already or the, the OSS, which is a precursor to the CIA, uh, was funneling them out here. Um, we only brought about 1500 over, yeah, yeah, you know, to start NASA That's all. And, and go into the government and go um, into our Schools, medical field and, and uh, completely change our education system and our universities and all of that. I mean, that's all. Nazi. And they created NASA, Almost. too. Exactly. Right? Yep. Uh, what I didn't know, what I found out in the Robert Kennedy interviews, they did the same thing in Japan. They had a Japanese paperclip, too, and they brought over a doctor they called Japanese Mengele. Um, who was doing some... His name was Mengara. <laughs> <laughs> right? He, he was doing some really That's fucked up uh, biogenetic Mangara. research. And that research has continued on with CIA funding and uh, DARPA and all of that uh, all the way through to today. So when they first started developing you know they first developed uh, the coronavirus in the 60s this was not a new not a new or novel virus at all um that's when they first started manipulating it you know sars the original COVID was it or the one they released what was it 2012 or whatever the fuck it, whatever was? it was anyway uh that was a test run and then because uh, you all remember the guy bite the dude's face off down in miami off in florida, florida yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you that, remember that, that right that, and they blamed that, it on bath salts that was no, the first test of uh, the vaccine the, the mrna vaccines on humans yeah. because they started the mrna vaccines as veterinary vaccines in 2005 is where the patents start although they predate that too but that's when they applied for the patent well, was the in 2005 patents Crazy. Well, and that's why when and when Fauci went this. door to door in D.C. and mm -hmm. that black guy called him out, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, and yeah. he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to take this new vaccine. And Fauci's like, well, it's I mean, not really that new. On it for Twenty years. Yeah, they've been working yeah. on it forever. Yeah, exactly. Except it always failed before. It still failed. Now they just didn't care. That was kind of the point. They just pushed um, it through. They didn't give a yep. shit anymore. Yeah, but what most people don't realize is that this whole thing was funded through the DOD. It was all ran by the military, the CIA, the military industrial complex, essentially, that's why they didn't have to do any testing on it. But it was originally developed in uh, North Carolina at UNC in the research triangle by with the help of Ralph Barrick. Um, he was also on. Oh, he helped develop anthrax, as mm -hmm. did Bob Malone. Mm -hmm. Bob Malone was on that anthrax team. Oh, with Callahan. Isn't that weird how Isn't all these names funny? keep popping up together and yeah. they all see that's the the part because that, anthrax in case you don't know the anth the anthrax vaccine is the the antidote or I don't know be. if it's the antidote to the COVID jab but if you got series three and four of anthrax prior to getting the COVID vaccine then from studies from some doctor friends that we have that are doing uh, they're finding that those people have no indication that they ever took the vaccine the covid vaccine after they've had anthrax was the anthrax vaccine the one that they were giving to the first gulf war soldiers uh, that was having all sorts of side effects I, I, i've got all of them 
Yeah. I got all, every single one of them. Yes, it is the one. I had That's the exactly one, right. I had the one where I had a wound on the back of my arm for like two weeks, two weeks mm -hmm. and I had a 104 degree fever and Ooh. I was like dying mm -hmm. in my barracks room and my buddy had absolutely no idea what was wrong with me. And That's like, a smallpox, right? Smallpox vaccine? No, this is anthrax. Oh, this, okay. is the vaccine. this is like okay, the okay. first this is the first one like the thick and most of the military guys that know what i'm talking about right now they're going to understand i got that thick white shot they stuck in the back of my arm yep and two weeks later i was sicker than a fucking dog and i thought i was going to die twice i got both of those shots and then they said then they told me the greatest lie that i've ever heard oh well those two are no more we're going to give you this new one and it's a it's a six shot series and you you can't say no at that point, no, right? Oh, no, I mean, you fuck can't no. say no. Yeah, fuck you're no. GI. Yeah, I'm I'm going. I'm gonna go wherever I'm go I'm being told to go. And they stuck me with the, all these shots, and it was a clear this this time I could see right through the vial that they were injecting me with. It wasn't milky white. It wasn't the thick shit they injected me. And um, the first couple shots, no problem. Um, the later ones, yeah, well, I got sick from those. But then, like. Then I just stopped getting sick, period. Never been sick since. I, I just completely stopped That's getting sick. That's not true. Sick. Duck eggs make you throw up. Yes. Well, they make me throw up, but I don't get sick. Like, no, you don't get sick. I, I don't get sick from shit. I don't get catch cold. Like, no. Nothing like that. Nothing. Wow. And like, so you got like that robo-immune system yeah. now. Well, well then, well, then um, my dumbass, um, well, not really dumbass. I yeah, was you're doing a fucking moron. Basically, <laughs> research for the show. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a firefighter. I'm going to go get vaccinated. So I did. He so got, I, went, he got I, got both, I got two jabs. I got both of them were Pfizer. Um, and then about seven months later, I happened to be in D.C. at the same time that I was trying to get a passport. And one of my doctors who still lives in D.C. or resides in D.C., uh, he was there. He's like, hey, uh, did you get the vax? I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, hey, come come meet me. I'm, I'm down at this bar. So I went down to this bar and he's a Navy doctor. So he's like, hey, you really got the jab? I was like, yeah, here's my card. I showed him my card and he's just like, okay, hey, do, do me a favor. Come out to my car. I was like, whoa, doc, look, I know you're in the Navy and I was in the army, but look, normally at this point we transition money. You know, if I'm, you're asking me to come out to your car, <laughs> there's some money getting changed hands here because normally at this point, either I'm satisfying you or you're satisfying. <laughs> me, I don't know which, but something's going to happen here and it's not going to be pretty. And he's just like, oh, fuck you, Dick. So we went out, he, Drew like, he, trust me, he drew my blood, and she knew because I I showed up in Jamaica. Doctors cannot draw blood for shit. Okay, a, they are so bad at sticking you. Oh it's God, not even it funny. horrible. Yeah, ask a heroin addict to draw your blood before no you ask shit. a doctor. Exactly. And so I was like, I'll do that. And by the time I'd already done, he'd already popped the vein. But anyway, it didn't matter. So he took my blood and uh, he called me the next day as I'm getting on a plane. I was at this point, I was in Atlanta. I'd flown from D.C. to Atlanta. I was waiting to catch my flight down to Jamaica. And I'm sitting there and uh, he picks up the phone. He calls me. He goes, hey, uh, by the way, I just want to let you know I got the, the hematologist looked at your blood. I said, OK, so what did you find? Nothing. So what do you mean? Nothing. nothing. He said, there's no trace that you even got a jab. I was like, is that odd? Yes. <laughs> yes. For what this jab is supposed to do. Yes. You should still so show some trace amounts floating through your bloodstream of this vaccine. Spike proteins. Specifically. Spike protein should still be in your bloodstream. 
I said none of them are there. And they were already seeing fibrous amyloid clots at that point. So, I mean, they should have been seeing um, that his red his red blood cells were deteriorating, weren't oxygenating properly. Um, uh, they found completely mi- the opposite. Um, you know, se- seven months post two shots, they should have been seeing all of that. And that's what they were seeing in everyone else. And uh, they found none of that. And Nothing. he's like, it's, I said, well, what is that? He said, well, it's one of two things. He said, it's either the jab you got like the early version of the jab and there's a good chance that you got nothing. You got water injected in your arm. Which now we did discover in Fauci's emails, which, you know, we, we laugh now because as people have been digging through Fauci's emails for the past year and a half, like they keep coming up with shit and they're like, oh, breaking news. We're like, dude, we covered that a year and a half no. ago. Seriously, mm-hmm. we're so over that now. In his ear- like we're so past that. But in his email, we know that up until February 3rd, 2022, if you went to February 3rd, 2022, that's when he fucked with the jab. That's when everything changed. That's when they added shit into the jab that was not there originally. Yep. February 3rd. So we know that for a fact. So that was February when they added 3rd, their secret sauce. You, if you were injected after February 3rd, You're there's a good chance you got some bad shit in your jab. Uh, that's when they started noticing all the hot. If you go, even if you go back in the jab data, you can go back. February third is about the first time that they start noticing hot injections where people like immediately my ba- how bad is my bat? started passing out. Like after the first jab, they just yeah, that's why they wait you made you wait like fifteen minutes, exactly. right? Exactly. Yep. So he said it's either you got nothing or you got something and because you had anthrax it killed it and he said my belief is that he explained what his theory was his theory is that anthrax because anthrax was meant to kill is meant to be uh you get cycled onto it essentially you take uh simplifaxin which is a it's 500 milligrams of the best antibiotics that's out there it's a broad spectrum antibiotic the anthrax vaccine is a sleeper it it sits in your cells dormant and, and it has the to be second activated. that you take the cifloflaxin, all of a sudden anthrax comes to life and it goes around your your bloodstream and it kills everything that does not look normal. If it doesn't belong there, it kills it and it dumps it directly in your colon and you're good. Which is interesting because right around that same time, um, just before that actually, and leading up to that vacation, you had a really, really, really bad uh, tooth infection. infection and, and they I put you on Cipro. Yep. Um, same thing. Or Cipro. It's, yeah. it's basically known as Cipro 500 is the drug name for it. Cipro 500 is the, it's a broad spectrum antibiotic. It kills everything. And so, I got, I got like a so good the Cipro 1200 milligrams, which would have activated it, which would have killed the vaccine, which is a possibility. There's a possibility that actually anthrax might be good for us. It might not actually no, be bad. But I can't believe I'm saying that. But when I started doing the research then, and, and George Webb, Webb has done some great, great investigative journalism digging down into, especially Bob Malone's connections um, and uh, Michael Callahan, who is the guy that was in Wuhan um, as this was breaking out and he supposedly swam the river to escape Wuhan with blood samples on him. Uh, okay. And then he was the one that told Trump that we had to put everyone on ventilators, that that's what the Chinese were doing and ventilators were the way to go. Um, actually he told Robert Redfield that and Redfield told Trump, but, um, he was, and he's CIA by the way. Uh, he is, uh, he and Bob Malone were college friends. Um, Dr. Robert Malone, you know, uh, the one who's been the the face 
of the mRNA bad, you know, jab bad movement. Um, funny because when the jab first or when COVID first came out, he was tasked, Dr. Malone was tasked with finding uh, a potential treatment outside of the vaccine. And had the, he had the option of testing hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, but instead he chose to test Pepsid. Pepsid. He tested Pepsid AC. An acid? Exactly. An antacid against COVID. And on that basis, they were able to approve the emergency use authorization because Bob Malone said there was no other alternative treatments because the only testing he ran was on Pepsid. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of weird information about that shit. I do. I did want to bring something up before we got too far removed from uh, Paul Harvey here. Okay. I found something pretty interesting just on Wikipedia. I mean, this is wild. Um, Paul Harvey, you know, his his wife is Eastern Star. Um, yep. He is a Freemason, uh, and he's actually inducted into the Freemason Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, he is. Uh, you know, are ready, you aware, Mick? Are you aware? Hey, do you know that he let everybody know that on his radio show? But what 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 Hall of Fame was he inducted in? If you guys know this, I'm just curious if you know which Hall of Fame. The number the one, it's uh, the number one. Div- uh, it's the one at the National Lodge in Washington D.C. The one with the big. He's black on the and one with the big floor and big wall. He's on the. Big uh, yeah, floor. I mean, uh, it's a it's a big one. It's the uh, Desmolay Hall of Fame. Desmolay and yes. the Masonic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes. the the Masonic Youth. This dude's a fraud, man. Like, this is the thing. Anytime somebody is sitting here saying this stuff that is very, very like. I don't. It's not that I'm saying that what I'm. It's not that we're saying he's a good guy, but his information was correct. He was being he was a good guy. Yeah, The message is nice. Right. Honest. He was always honest about everything. He no, he wasn't. If that's the thing, he told everybody Ah, that he was in the Masons. He told he told him on the radio show. I used to listen to this guy. My dad used to listen to this guy. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we that that he his uh, his words should be like like when when you're hearing something that that makes sense. You got to push back on this. I just heard of this guy right now. Paul and Harvey, in 1965, when he said this, we hadn't even thought of COVID. We hadn't even thought of the devil. We ne- we didn't even thought of any of this shit. We've heard of the devil a long time ago. No, no, I'm, yes, I'm saying, but, but not being the way that he was predicting the way that it would be done, the way that we have seen it happen, the way it started with the churches. And now I'm just saying from what he said, I'm not saying whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. What I'm saying is what he said and what has happened is almost dead on for what he said. And if it keeps going any f- further forward, holy shit, we're looking at, I mean, look at what... Well, we're already at Revelation, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah. um, you know, there's another interesting timeline correlation there. There's that that priest, and I, I was trying to remember his name the other day, I can't remember. Um, but he had, a, uh, he had a vision that the God and the devil um, basically... Oh, the, the, we're talking yes. and, and the devil said, uh, you know, give me 75 to 100 years and I will completely turn humanity yep. against you. And um, we're, who was that? I don't I'm trying know. to remember. We're at 80 name. years right now. But that you, was, <laughs> you know, who else was in the Demolay Hall of Fame? Walt Disney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's oh, the no. thing, man. Like, this is a propaganda piece guy. This guy is Demolay. in the not not only in the uh, Hall of Fame for the Demolays and the Masons and the Eastern Star with his wife and all this shit. 
this guy is like on Walt Disney level. He's in the Radio Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. I mean, this guy is a propaganda artist. So it's just interesting he's that just because, know. but just like just because he's saying something that a lot of us like to hear, it, it's like, oh man, let's listen to him. I, I think that it's dangerous. And this, like, I'm glad that you guys brought the guy up. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick here or anything because this is actually really great to bring this guy up. This is someone that was also awarded like the fucking. Uh, uh, you know, he's like the most uh, responsible citizen, or what was the yeah, the Presidential a, Medal, a, a of, Medal of Freedom? Yeah, yes, yeah. by George Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, by none dude. other than George Bush, Bush. And, uh, it's, and, it's skull and, and bones uh, himself. It's skull, yeah, exactly. Um, but and hold I, on. So uh, the question is, sorry, babe, I keep interrupting you. Um, is it propaganda, or was he manifesting a reality? that the Freemasons were trying to bring about because I'm with you on that, that I think he knew what their plan was and he was letting it out, you know, like this is what we're going to do. But if he wraps it up in a nice, nice box and puts a bow on it, it looks prophetic almost because if you look, that game plan is almost down to a T. Yeah. Yeah, I think that like I think if you're a, a student of history, which I'm not, but if you're a student of history, you're a student of uh, the Bible, you Correct. can predict this stuff, right? Oh yeah. So it doesn't take a genius; it just takes somebody that's kind of told the game plan. And I think that it's interesting that he's inducted into these different various Hall of Fames. And um, I mean, man, it, it, I, I feel like you know, if Alex Jones wasn't meant to look like this bad guy he'd be on that same level of these people. You know yeah. what I mean? It, see, it's a lot of propaganda. See, also manifesting reality. I, I, I agree with you on that. And I, I do agree with you on that. And I also bring to attention that, listen, when he was put on all these Hall of Fames, right? It was post his prison sentence. Okay. So understand that a lot of this was probably done like, hey, dude, we did you wrong, bro. We did you wrong bad. Like we fucked you over. You took one for the Straight team. Straight up. You took one for the team. And now you get all the rewards. And we're going to hook you up now. That's what it sounded like to me at first too. And then I started looking at it, but then I started going back to his shows to listen to what he had to say. And you know what? He talked about all of this. He, he told everybody what was going on. He said, hey, look, look at what the government's doing to me now. That is how he opened his show every day. Look at what the government's doing to me now. You're talking about this Paul character, right? Paul Harvey. Yep. Paul Harvey opened a show almost every single day with, look at what the government's doing to me now. And he would tell you the truth about what is happening to him. Well, what he perceived the truth was. I right. can't say if it was the truth. It was perceived at that point. However, everything he said from what I've heard about the man, and I never knew the man, never met him, never shook his hand, never said, hey, right, right. how are you doing? But from everything I've read about the man... He always told the truth, and there's one thing that he was always known for is telling the truth, and it always pissed the government off. And if it pissed the government off, he had to be at some level a sort of us because that's what we do. We love to piss the government off by telling the truth, and that's what we love to get shut down for. We wear it like a badge. People that have been kicked off of social media, people that have been kicked off of different podcasting platforms, we live that, we wear that shit like a badge because what we were talking about was obviously really true. And I got to ask you that too. I mean, I, and to everyone, everyone out there that 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 
you know, promotes truther content and truther is in heavy quotes, right? But like anyone yeah. that it, that is is promoting things that is important, why is that a badge of honor to get shadow banned? I think that it's such a, a backwards way to think. Like I, I think it it's a backwards way to think. You're right. It's validation. However, it's validation for everybody else in the truth or community. Uh, yeah, I just it's a, it's just it tells, that's the it backwards tells people, way of it tells getting you that you're over the target. The validation. But does mm. it? Yeah. To to play contrarian. I mean, what would you rather though, right? That that you say nothing, even though you know what's going on, and just go with the flow, so that you can keep kind of keeping their agenda going. Or like do you want to be like that speed wins. bump that that gets out there and 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 causes a hiccup and and causes a little gets people to think outside the box outside it the programming? It, it doesn't cause a hiccup in the grand scheme of things, though. All that it does is it makes your one thousand to ten thousand listeners be like, "Oh man, this guy's a little harder to find." Now I have to instead of just like him popping up in my feed or her, I'm being gender neutral here. They have to they have to search. They have to search your name instead of, uh, you know, you just freely popping up on their video. Yeah, but you're spreading information to others to get them to think outside because the, the programming is so one channel, one lane that, you know, and that's what they want. They want everybody to stay in that lane. As soon as you start thinking outside. No, they want two lines, lanes, Matt. They don't want one lane. They want two lanes because mm -hmm. it's very well, they polarizing. Want the, yeah, they want the fighting, yes. the infighting. They want yes. the division. Yeah, they so that's the, the, that's the thing. They, if they keep it, us fighting each other, then we think that the other side are the bad guys and we don't realize that it's it's the, the ones up top you know, two wings of the same bird thinking with the same brain that are causing all of the rifts. And if we recognize them as the ones that are causing the division and we unify against them, then, you know, we can take power back from the thousand people who are ruining all of our lives and they can't have that. Yeah. Right. So what do you guys think about the idea of the 144,000 about, about, you know, it takes 144,000 to start shifting the stream of consciousness and i know it also aligns with the biblical number of 144 jehovah witness and shit yeah but yeah no not jehovah witness actually that's um that's that, revelation yeah well jehovah witness also believe that only 144,000 people get to heaven right the reckoning yes yeah i live right down the street from a fucking jehovah witness i <laughs> i talk <laughs> with these people yeah, just for fun they, they used to come to interview me at my house and i used to give them shit and i used to fuck with them because i'm a Catholic, very so easy to fuck with it's them yeah. so easy i would just so fucking screw with them I, it's not out of not of hate it was just out of just fun because you came to my house at nine o'clock it's i've had a couple beers and you're at my doorstep so i'm gonna talk your ear off that's it, what it is well no actually i've already had a couple beers and it's like fucking nine o'clock on a sunday morning and i've already been to church so i'm <laughs> drinking beer because i've already been to church that's right. my point my soul's clean now let's talk what do you want to talk about <laughs> right Right, right. Because like we like to say in the Catholic faith, um, God doesn't allow divorce, but he allows murder if you ask him nice enough. Yeah. He doesn't That's forgive divorce, is. but he forgives murder if you ask him nice enough. So, you got to beg right. Um, yeah, exactly. And every time I'm about to sin, I say a prayer, and then That's I just it. go ahead and finish and my I'm sin. Clean. <laughs> and I'm clean. So, But back to your question, the 144,000 to change the social conscious. It's not... Uh, it's not really 144,000 so much as a percentage of the population. Right. So and I want to say it's like 10 percent, um, maybe less now. With 
social media and internet and, and such, but, um, you, you need about 10% of the population to change the entire culture. So, um, make, well, make proof of that in Afghanistan. Actually, you know, you need less than 1% of the entire social construct of a country to change the perception of that country. Cause look at the U S everybody's going to go back to the U S 1776. It was less than 1% of us that actually stood up against the British in grand total. Believe it or not, you're not going to believe this when I say this, but it was about 144,000 Americans that stood up against the British. Okay, so if you want to drop the 144,000 number, we can do it in a bunch of different times in history. But that would probably be the first time that you could say, because the first, if you think about it, the first original rebellion started at Bunker Hill. And it was about 144,000 Massachusetts, whatever you call them. Regiment. Regiment that stood up, the, 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 the Minutemen back then that stood up and said, no, no more. We're not going to deal with this anymore. And they stood up at Bunker Hill. And that was, if you want to talk about history, historical timelines, that would be your first timeline for 144,000. If you want to go on and you want to go biblical with it, yeah, I, I do think there is 144,000 people that will survive what is to come. What I think is to come is way worse than what anybody else thinks to come. And I can guarantee you it's more fire and brimstone than anybody else thinks about. Except for but me. That's why they call me the mother of the apocalypse. Mankind will not, our civilization will not make it. Humanity won't survive, but people will. People will. We will as people. However, civilization won't as a whole because it can't. Look at how dirty it is. I mean, you can't look at a government right now and tell me one government that's not corrupt. Even our own. Even our own. And we've got to say that about us. We've got to say that we're fucking dirty from the inside. That's disgusting. And you can't say that about another government around this world. There isn't. There's not one that I don't know that's involved with Jeffrey Epstein. Matter of fact, I know more governments that are involved with Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein than are involved with the United States of America. That is fucking ridiculous. And when you see sick shit like that going on in the world, you have to wonder what's coming beyond this. What is it? Because God's not going to let that go on forever. He's going to say, okay, eventually he's going to be like, all right, look, he caused the flood last time. This time he said, Everybody else that comes back is going to be fucking really angry and they're going to kill you all. No, this well, time. And that's that that brings up an interesting point I was thinking about today. I, uh, I have some buddies that have been on this show that do the Mind's Eye podcast and they were talking about the Tower of Babel and they were saying, you know, and, and if you look at it, let me see if I have uh, if I have it here. You know, you always see it, you know, reaching up to heaven and everything like that. And the whole uh the whole point is that is it really they were building this tower to go to heaven or were they fucking with DNA or was it a genetic sequence? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and what are we doing right now? What are they doing to us right now? They are manipulating <sighs> our trying to manipulate our, our genes. And it's like, okay, are we just repeating? And, and I feel like history is just a, 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 a cycle of waves, a repeating cycle of waves. And I've been thinking about this all day. Like, man, I'm this like, is my favorite thing to talk about. Can I blow your mind right now? Shoot. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So first off, let's start with DNA, doxyribonucleic acid. Okay. If you break it down, if you translate it in, in Latin, um, or use a actually more Aramaic to Latin, which I don't speak Aramaic, but we do speak some Latin. Um, so Dio is God, right? Oxy X, Y 
man and woman, one. Okay. So, and then ribo is truth or translator, depending on the language. Nucleic is inside and acid is fire. So your DNA, your daxy, daxy ribo, nucleic acid is the truth, the one God and the fire inside you. Yeah, that's the whole thing is that like DNA is your connection to God. Like Correct. that's what makes Check it's out. not like God got we weren't made in the image of God. Like God doesn't look like me or Matt or either of you guys, right? It's it's God looks like our DNA. That's the thing that like our DNA is the antenna to God. And that's why that whole I, I skull and God. bones, the skull and bones shit with the three two two, you have two sets of twenty-two chromosomes or whatever that match up. And they're trying to add a third set in to make the triple helix instead of the mm -hmm. double helix. So yeah, like that's that that's a very accurate. Uh, I I didn't hear that broken down wow, ever. Like I that love before. that breakdown. Well, hold on, hold on. DNA it gets and better. RNA become even better. So then your ribonucleic acid, if you continue on with that and use translator, is the translator to the fire inside you, and your mRNA, your messenger RNA, takes the message from the truth of the one God inside you to the translator and back again. And we learned in the studies um, that show actually because up until recently they said that dna can't reverse transcribe but they found in the study out of japan when they were looking at the covid vaccine affecting the liver that it can that actually does okay reverse transcribe so your mrna your messenger takes the message from the truth of the one god inside you to the translator and back again okay so when you break that connection when you change that message what do you do you've disconnected yourself from god from your source whatever it is and might not be god might you be are adrift. you're just out there now my understanding is that when this initially happens you are you are disconnected for 40 days where do i get the number 40 days from well there's a, a bunch of uh, priest monks in greece that after they took the jab they said they could not even physically enter a church for 40 days they could no longer hear god they were not filled with the spirit they couldn't even open the bible and read the word of god for 40 days and uh and other people not such holy people have um described the same thing that they felt lost for 40 days i believe the more jabs you take the more permanent that disruption of your source becomes and i think now as we're finding these biosynthetic nanostructures that are self-assembling inside people's bodies um and they're talking more about ai you know they know yuval harari wants to remake us as gods and connect us to the internet of bodies, <laughs> right well how do they connect you to the internet of bodies well they ai <laughs> yes and through they have literally detached your soul from god and they have reconnected it to something else to well what is the opposite of god well that'd be the devil so i mean they're one and the same because well that goes into god natural versus everything. synthetic right i mean yeah. it versus the natural god to a synthetic god which is the ai right you know what actually after you say that what's the opposite of god and what's the opposite of the devil it kind of goes back into that thing of like what's the opposite of love it's not hate okay. it's it's apathy right like mm -hmm. maybe the opposite of god is nothing maybe it's what? not the devil maybe maybe the opposite of god is nothing 
Correct. Because God and the devil are the same. The devil is. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Nope, that's no, that's no, getting into some Freemason shit. Listen, they, have to, they no. have to be because how can you truly know joy unless you've once experienced fear? How can you truly know anything unless love you've, until, you've, until experienced you've experienced hate? Exactly. I mean, you can't you can't know one from the other without definition. So you have well, to. Well, that's Gnosticism, that. right? Exactly. It's the yin and yang. It is. Yep. It's equal. It's, it's man equal. and woman. It's there. Ha- for every light, there, there has, has to, to be, be a dark. Sides. So for yes, every, you're exactly right. For every good, there has to be a bad. So for every evil, there has to be a good. It, it it's the same throughout all of universe. It doesn't matter. So for God, there has to be an ultimate evil. What is the ultimate evil in our world? Well, the devil. But it's everybody not. looks at it as the devil. But it's not because when you go back, you're right. It is the nothing. That is the ultimate evil. It is the nothing. Um, go back to the movie The Never yeah, Apathy. Where they talk yeah. about the nothing, right? But Satan, Lucifer, was an archangel. He was given a task. He was thrown out of heaven, but he was never the equal of God. So he cannot be the antithesis of God because he was never the equal of God in the first place. Correct. He was a son of God. He was an archangel. Correct. So, so you're right. The opposite of God is nothing. Is, is nothing. It's is the nothingness. Nothing. Yeah. It's the empty. It's the void. It's the, you know, you you want to call it. Um, uh, a lot of people have heard actually a lot of soldiers refer to it as this. It is that that point where you right before suicide. It's the nothing. It's like I have nothing. There's nothing else for me. And everything else has been taken. I'm gone. I'm done. It's the nothing. And, and that's supposedly the only way that you can't make it to heaven is by killing yourself. Correct. That's not true. Well, that's not true either. But well, of course, it's not. No, I mean, no, no one knows no, 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 what listen, the real no, like. No, God, listen, God, listen. Look, look, God gave us free will. Yes. God gave us free will. Listen, if God gave us free will. Okay. You, you are the how, only one that's allowed to take your life. How is God going to punish you for taking advantage of something he gave you? For exercising your free will. I, I, I'm i going to throw something out there that I think is really wild to think about. And I'm a about. Catholic and I believe that. So I, I'm just I, saying. I moved I'm him around Catholic. to that. He didn't used to believe that. Well, so listen, I think actually that uh, there's a very wild theory out there that actually killing yourself is the only way to make it out of this whole like recycling of your soul i'm not ever telling anyone to kill themselves right like i've i think it's a that's a scary thing it's a painful thing for everyone that loves you but there is that idea if you're gonna get if you're gonna get balls deep in this kind of theory that's the only way to get out of this loop is to take your own life and that's what's fucked up that's a wild thing and and that's something that you can't talk about and that's like in the conspiracy iceberg, you know, Matt, that yeah. thing that I was yeah. talking about. Oh, like, yeah. That's at the bottom. Oh, yeah. You guys call it an iceberg, too. That's exactly what that's I call what it. Because at the point of that iceberg is where 90% of the cons- conspiracy theorists jump. That's like, hey, no, no, don't do that. Like, just hold on. Trust me. Just hold on. There's more to grab onto. The iceberg sinks deeper because this shit's getting heavier as we keep going. But I, I have to say that... It's funny that you Almost. described it as an iceberg. That's kind I of- love the conspiracy iceberg, no, dude. I think Almost. that's the best way to put it. Like, there's no other way. Because think about it. If you think about it, like, I don't, I don't even, like, I got away from the iceberg theory and started thinking about it as the snow cone theory. Because as you add extra lumps on top of that cone, because as you add conspiracy on conspiracy, that shit just 
sinks deeper. If you don't find a way to pull your head to the top of this, you will sink with that ship. You have to take a break. You have, everybody has to take a, just take a step back and just say, okay, I need a couple of days. There's a lot yeah. of people in this, this community that do not do that. They go balls to the wall. We do it. I know we, we broadcast a lot, but we, we don't, like normally during the day, we don't even talk to each other. No, we don't. We, we, we made it a point that the whole point is the conversations between us on the show in front of the camera. So everybody else can see the conversation because it's funny or it's stupid or it's holy shit. That's really interesting. Didn't know that. But it's real. Uh, but it's all real. It's not contrived. Yeah. It's yeah. not rehearsed. It's not anything we've talked about before. So, And one of the things, maybe that might be our saving grace is that we don't talk about this shit all day. We listen to it, but we don't talk about it mm -hmm. until we get home. And then we talk about on the show and then we're done we go outside and we talk about stupid shit we talk about the dumbest shit you could think of like literally i will find the dumbest video on instagram you can find i will play it over and over again until we're both pissing our pants or, or we just fun. go out and play with the chickens and the ducks because yes. they're always hysterical oh. you got it you you have to take a break from this there's no way that no human could have stayed in this for the last five years i'm sorry there's no way nobody could have done with this with the snow cone thing too mick i mean like the idea of like uh you know the syrup it's all going down to the bottom of that snow cone that last bite the deepest bite is the sweetest it's that's where you get all your shit you know that's where you get all that information so yeah no that's a great that's a great way the to hardest one to take it's the hardest bike because oh, I disagree. I think the first bike. You don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose it. You're like, oh, man, this tasted like, so good. But it's all syrup. And you're like, it's so strong. You're uh, like, you you're almost. Like, the first bite, when you break your teeth into the ice, that's the hardest. It's it's <sighs> getting the idea of like, oh, man, Epstein was controlled by the U.S. government. I pay Actually, taxes to that. That's the hardest. That's yeah. the hardest bite. Epstein was controlled by the Mossad. Yeah. No way. Yeah, that's that's that he he was Mossad. See, I think we agree on more than what you mm. think. I but think I, me and you I, agree. I want to go back more. to the nothing one more time because I do. I, I have something else to say about that. Um, I think and understand that. I uh, I kind of I grew up searching for faith, and then I kind of gave up on it, and then it found me and punched me in the head until I really had no choice but to accept it. And that was about, I don't know, a year and a half ago now. Um, two. Oh, two years in yeah, September. Two years. Okay. Um, fuck, eight years long. I wasn't going to interrupt you, but since Hold you paused on. real quick, I, I mm -hmm. do want to ask, like, didn't, don't you have uh, a relatives of like, you know, like some interesting relatives? Yeah. I got a lot of just interesting relatives, but I'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, but as far as the nothing goes, I oh, think Maria. every everybody <laughs> everybody has the nothing. You just don't recognize it until you're truly filled with the spirit of the Lord. Now, what's Lord are you talking about? Doesn't matter. God, there is only one God. The rest is oh, but yeah. trifles. Everything comes from source. Whatever whatever manifestation of that source that you choose to, to believe in and worship, God doesn't care as long as you are true in your faith. I've and got a hard disagree there because what if somebody says that the devil is their version of the Lord? Because there is a lot of people out there that say that. There is. Yeah, there's a big, big convention out here in Boston a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no shit. They had the whole thing but going on up there. You had the whole. They oh, you're up in Boston, big, but they. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in Western Mass, but yeah. God, they recognized God, and they don't have faith in God. They 
they deliberately go against God. But they see that like there's like Satanists, they call Satan Lord Satan. And they, they don't say Lucifer. They say Lord Satan. But they don't call him God. But they call him Lord. But they don't call him God. And Lord is not. I understand God. that. Uh, it's the difference between a Lord and a King. Yeah. yeah. Well, you but mentioned Lord. Lord. You Vader, didn't mention right? God. It was Lord okay. Vader. It wasn't so God. I understand, Vader. and I'm using the terminology from from you know prayers or it, preachers, things that people would understand. But in true, until you are truly filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, um, you are filled with the nothing, and you don't even recognize it until you're filled with the Spirit. It's an entire, it's an entirely new experience that you can't even really begin to explain. But when you experience it for the first time, your anxiety goes away, your fear, if you have any, goes away. Um, your just general stress goes away. You know, I, I mean, I, I started to stress out the other day about something. My kid looked at me and he goes, "Mom, God's got it." And I was like, "You know what? You're so right." And it just all melted away. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. It's an incredible experience, and um, and I hope more people have the opportunity to experience it soon because shit's about to hit the fan here. But you, you were level. you were specifically asked a question about. I was asked your a question family about members. Yeah. So, um, I'll, at the begin, kind of the beginning of our journey, I came across as I was introduced into more conspiracy theories um i came across a picture online that looked just like me and i was like what why is why is this woman like why am i in 1930s german uniform like this is me i don't understand what the fuck is this right so do we still have that photo yeah so i started doing some research what if we do um and it turns out that maria orsic is my great grandmother so Maria Orsic being the personal medium to Hitler, who designed the first anti-gravity engine in the Bellcraft, and she was the founder of the Vril Society, not to be confused with the Thule Society, which a lot of people do get them confused. The Thule Society were kind of the evil ones. The Vril wanted to, the Vril is based off, well, um, it, kind of off a, the idea of a combination of a holographic universe and uh, a alternate race of people that live in hollow earth okay the vril was lucifer and the tool was satan right no that's like the all. duality of uh <laughs> close but um, yeah in, in uh, the i think it's spot on in the so duality the, yes the vril um and there's there's a lot that i'm i've been asked not to talk about so i won't but i will say that uh so how it came about, and on the other side, my grandfather, um, my great-grandmother on the other side was the bastard child of King Ludwig II of Bavaria, who built Neuschwanstein Castle, and uh, so she was one of his recognized mistresses. He had a dozen of them scattered around Bavaria, and he bought them all. He built them all little mini castles, little chalets. Uh, ours is still in our family, um, and he would travel from chalet to chalet and basically bang his mistresses and can you know secession uh he never had any legitimate heirs because by the time he got married he had syphilis and then he died um but there were at least a dozen bastards of his scattered around the varying countryside um my family was 
recognized they they had a house in Vienna. My um, my great grandmother was a world renowned chef. My great grandfather, her husband, was a world renowned baker. They had their own restaurant there. Uh, so just before the Anschluss, Maria Orsic came to visit my family in Austria. Um, my she had grown up with my grandmother, right? They're all connected. Everybody's connected. And, at some uh, level. <laughs> well, at the royal level, they're mm -hmm. all connected. Um, and the Orsics were also royal from a different line. Because uh, they're all, it's the RH negative lines, right? That's how, we, that's how we're tracked, the RH negative bloods. Um, so, and warned my grandfather uh, and, well, my great-grandmother to get out of Austria before the Anschluss because Hitler was coming for them. Uh, his initial focus was not to kill the Jews. It was to kill the bastard royals because he couldn't control them. Most of them were killed. My grandfather got his six sisters out. Um, his parents stayed behind. They didn't believe it. They never made it out. Um, and, uh, but on the condition, my, Maria asked my grandfather if there was any opportunity if he could go back and rescue her daughter and my grandfather, your daughter, right? No one knew Maria had a baby. Well, she had a baby in secret. Um, she was pregnant. The only information that you find out about her is that she was engaged, that when she moved to Berlin from uh, Hungary, that she, uh, she had a fiance, but there was never any information about her getting married or anything like that because it was kept real hush hush. So she had a baby um, and that baby was actually placed with a royal family, the Diawaltz. Um, in Garmisch Partenkirchen. That was my grandmother. And so my grandfather joined the American army when he escaped Austria before the Anschluss. And uh, in the middle of the war, he, now the story that we heard growing up was that my grandfather, in the middle of the war, while he was fighting for the Americans, took a vacation in the, like, in the mountains, in the, the Austrian between, Alps. Yeah, thank you, the Austrian Alps, between Austria and Bavaria, like where the Juxpitz is. And he met my grandmother, who was a hairdresser at a ski resort, and he married her and he got her pregnant and he sent her back to the States. And my first question was, how the fuck did you get to Germany in the middle of the war if you were fighting for the Americans? Which he didn't answer until shortly before he died. Um, so uh, turns out my grandfather was OSS, and he actually helped build the communication networks because he spoke fluent German and Hungarian and Polish and uh, Russian and Ukrainian. And I, I don't even know, you guys used to talk in all kinds of different languages. Um, French, no. Spanish, uh, French, Spanish. Yeah. He knew all the he, romantics yeah, he, plus he German and uh, he knew German and Russian and so, Ukrainian. So basically he was a spy for the Americans. And um, when he joined the OSS, he told them, that he already had a wife in Germany. That would be my grandmother, who he hadn't actually met. And the condition was that they had to get her out. So he went in there and he met up with Maria. And Maria was how he got my grandmother out because she didn't know my grandfather. Um, but he brought Maria with, her, with him up to the mountains and he got both of them out. So- Are you talking it, about like uh, Maria Schickelgruber? Is that who you're talking about? Maria? Yeah. Maria Orsic. 
Oh, okay. Orson. The founder okay. of the Varel Society. Yeah, so the conspiracy theory or the, the whatever knowledge is what people claim is that Maria built a spaceship and she flew away to the Pallades system. That's not true. Okay. Right. Maria got on a U.S. military craft and she flew back to the United States. Okay. And uh, she actually went to Tennessee, where she founded the Vril Society in America that is still thriving today. Um, my grandmother went to New York and lived with my grandfather's family. Um, they did get married. She was pregnant. Um, and uh, yeah, and then Maria, shortly after the war ended, went back to Germany to try and rescue some of her sisters. And she was shot in the back of the mountains and she died. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a wild story. It's a wild, wild thing. I mean, it's, uh, and I know that I I know that like, this is, how did I learn all this? Like you can't find any of this information online. Well, when I was a kid, we used to, we actually lived in England for mm, about a year and a half. Um, and we used to go to Germany to visit my family and I would run around the chateau like a wild child. And I love to read and I learned to read German. I learned to speak German because I found this old journal and I didn't know what it was. And I was not allowed to take any books out of the library. I wasn't allowed to take any, like I wasn't allowed to move or remove anything from the castle. Um, but I would sit in there for hours and I would have a German and English dictionary and I'd had this old journal and I didn't know what it was. Like it was just, it was, you know, it was written out, but it didn't have a name on it or anything like that. Um, and it told this wild, crazy story. And then as I started doing my research later on and I discovered that picture of Maria, the whole thing clicked together. And I was like, holy shit, that is Maria's journal. I read Maria's journal when I was 11 years old. I got the entire story up until right before the point where they were going to get my grandmother out of Germany, out of out of Bavaria. Okay. She left her journal in our family's castle as she and my grandfather were leaving to go up the Auschwitz to get my grandmother and flee Germany. So that's the interesting story. I reached out to my family over in Germany and I asked them to send me the journal, but they can't travel to the castle right now. It's, it's, it's insanely strict lockdowns and a lot of my family's died now. So in the last year, unfortunately, yeah, we don't take well to the jab. RH negatives do not take well to the jab. So. Mm. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So. How do you say in German, I like the Vril Society? <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm actually trying to, to, to just. Uh, Is there a quick uh, way? You're fluent, I thought, right? You read it? No, I'm quick. Oh, that I, was when I was 11. Then I'm, I'm quick. Like, I learned German. Uh, I haven't spoken. Oh, you forgot it. It's not, okay. Vril is not a word. It's not no, like. No, Vril is Vril. But I like is two words, right? Yeah. Yeah, but. That's dein. Yeah, it's ich mag die Gerlenschaft. I mean, I mean come on. I, I, I think this is interesting. You know, I, I just think that uh, yeah, a lot of the story be. doesn't make sense. Ich. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, that would what it would be. Yeah. Well, Vril, it'd be Ikmal. It'd be Vril. It'd be end of it would be Vril because Vril is not trans. It doesn't translate. Doesn't translate into German. What's right. the Vril translation? It's. Uh, it wouldn't translate, I don't think. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I was just trying to get like a basic like I like the you know, something <laughs> no, some no, something you, if I we got, know German, you something, you, you know. I got you on the basic part, but I'm I'm actually still transfixed on trying to translate Vril and 
I can't even figure that one out because I don't think Vril does. It doesn't right. translate. It would just be Vril. It's a name. It's a noun. Actually, yeah, but... I mean, it well, would the just... Vril, yeah, are the people. It would just be Vril. The Vril is the society. The Vril would just be the people, so it'd be... Yes, that would be... Oh. I, I believe that makes sense. Wow. That's such a wild story. You got to write a book about that. <laughs> well, it's not even that. When we got, it wasn't even, that wasn't even the kicker for it. That's the like kicker the third was book I've got to write. When we got to the part of the Ingersoll Lockwood website, when you pull up the diagrams. Yeah. Of the, she the, showed me the, the pictures that her grandfather left and the pictures that her grandfather left and the ones that are on the Ingersoll Lockwood website, same things, same exact things. What? Yep. Transdimensional warp drive, this crazy shit, like functional folding space. That's one of the things that they describe in the real documents that are in there in the Ingersoll Lockwood website, if you go look at it. Dude, it is, that, and that's crazy. Folding space and time. Because one of the things that I had on the list for last week's show was time folding in on itself. And that we never is, got to it, but... Damn, that's that wild. one of the biggest things, like their drive, the way they made their um, impeller drive, the way this thing worked, the it's, way it's actually designed off of it's bees supposed thorax. to phase or space time. It's supposed to transfix and fold time. That's what it talks about in the in the diagrams. And she recognized him. She goes, "That's the same shit that was." In we her. did a, we did a whole show yeah. on um, on uh, time traveling Nazis. Nazi. Yeah, time traveling Nazis and, and, and Ingersoll Lockwood. Yes, that was fun. and interdimensional beings. Yeah. I got to listen to that. That sounds awesome. Because it's it was like all of, of that shit, the shows. Ingersoll Lockwood shit, like that's got like parts of CERN. That's got parts of Alice. That's got parts of. Alice is a um, artificial life intelligent computing entity. That's yep. the, the, the uh, AI for the, yeah, the US military's government. AI. Uh, what's the other one? Aladdin. The, uh, Aladdin. Um, Aladdin is, well, Alice is at, at CERN, but supposedly Aladdin is actually sentient, hooked up to the internet and connected to CERN. Which is BlackRock. That's, yeah. yes. That, really, like, that's no, a scary well, thought. BlackRock. Aladdin, yes. Aladdin is a. It, no, it is a black rock. It sucks up everything. No, no, no. He's, uh, Aladdin. Aladdin is a sentient thing. That, it was an AI bot that was created yep. by uh, Larry uh, Sil yes. uh, Larry Finkelstein. Yep. Finkelstein. That was the, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that is exactly the same one. It's Aladdin. And no, I'm sorry. Larry Fink. I'm sorry. Larry, Larry Fink. Fink. It's Alice was the big sister. It was probably originally Finkelstein. You probably had it right the first way. Big brother. Maybe. Is Alice the big brother or the big sister? Yeah, Alice is the like, aunt or something. Whatever. Because I, I was know. asking how many I iterate. There are seven OG AI computers and then um, don't know what the next gen ones are. So That's crazy. That's the ones yeah. I'm still trying to figure out. Those hey, I, I don't want to keep you guys all night, but there's one thing that we do on this show that, that I, I want to get your opinion on. So we have this... Uh, thing we've been going back and forth on and so it's a fight to the death okay and you're either fighting against five raccoons at once or one bear of your equal weight oh we're we're jake jake wando masters we fight bears yeah no the the, the bear I'll, I'll take the bear every day yep 
Taking bears. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll take the bear. Yeah, we we actually go to uh we fight bears.com. Do we do we I now, think that's still do active. I get to bring my own weapons or is it uh no. is it like hands hands only hand hand to hand combat. Hand to hand combat, five raccoons or one bear, my equal weight. I will um correction. I'm gonna actually double back on that one. I'm gonna take the raccoons. I'm gonna take the coons on that one. Because although there's some squirrely fucking little creatures, they're not, it's not hard to break a coon's neck. It really isn't. Yeah. I've done it. It's not hard. They're, they're, they're a little angry. You might get some scratches out of it, but they ain't going to kill you. A bear is going to, that will, if he gets his jaw on your head, you're done. You're dead. Yeah. I mean, I don't weigh much. So like a bear, my weight is probably a cub. <laughs> <laughs> You might be able to take that. You're right. You're right. You're right. Correction. You might want to take the bear. I'll take the raccoons. There you go. You take the bear. I'll take the raccoons. Okay. How's that sound? And that's per that, that see, Rye, that goes right with our debate, man. It's 50 /50. I like the raccoons. Anyone that sides with raccoons are friends of mine, you know. I'm sorry. Have you ever if you ever grabbed a raccoon's neck, I'm telling you. It's not hard. It doesn't take much. I used to domesticate raccoons, and it used to piss him off because they'd come on the back porch and hang out with me at night, and I'd feed them. Actually, it probably really pisses the new owners of the house off because all the raccoons probably <laughs> the <laughs> But out here, the raccoons are assholes, and they like to um, kill chickens. Yeah, like oh yeah, they reach through the coop and and uh, just decapitate them. A herd of ours already. Yeah, so. yeah a flock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. had to start another flock, so. So now they're good. They're like they're all laying. Now you they're know, in. Uh, they're they're old enough to take prison, care of themselves. We call it. Yes, yes. We have a well, sixteen by twenty four foot chicken enclosure that's entirely encased in chicken wire. Yeah. Well um, confined. Shit. So yeah. yes. So they're in chicken. And prison. it's right next to my to wrap it back to the beginning. Right next to my electroculture gardens. Um, and uh, I know you said you're interested in electroculture, and I got interested in it too. When we were doing the thing on Tartaria, we did a whole series of shows on Tartaria, and we did uh, we we're looking into some Antiquitech, you know, electroculture's Antiquitech, and then it was rediscovered by Schoenberger, who was a Nazi. Yep. Um, and uh, and Tesla was, also played with that mm -hmm. too. Yep. Um, and then I was listening to a podcast with uh, the woman that originally researched crop circles. Um, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember her name, Kathy something, I think. Anyway, uh, she did a whole documentary on them and, and she said crop circles don't actually come from like alien spaceships. They actually are frequency pulses that come out from the, come up from the earth. And what's really interesting is that the plants inside crop circles don't they don't die. In fact, they grow 40% bigger, they're disease resistant, they're drought resistant, and then their seeds are the same. Um, and crop circles are in Fibonacci sequence. Yes. And I was like, okay, so what if I built an electroculture garden in a Fibonacci sequence? So that's what I did. So I have a, a series of Mm, 10, 12, 15 foot. Um, I basically cut down a bunch of trees around the yard, like, you know, skinny ones and wrapped copper wire around them. And I designed them in a Fibonacci sequence. Um, I gridded the whole thing out in my gardens because I had two 20 foot by 20 foot perfect uh, squares. And I uh, designed the whole thing out and built the antennas. And um, my, my garden that I planted six weeks ago from seed, uh, I just had to put another level of fencing up the cucumbers, like above the first fence that I had. 
and they've already climbed halfway up the second fence. I saw that in your beans. Your yeah. beans are out of control. My beans are insane. I had to, and I had to like the sequester my squash. We've had like, and, like nothing but salads for like salad the last constantly. three weeks. Yeah. So uh, electroculture really works and doing it in the Fibonacci sequence. And then I strung, I have it all connected to the copper wire grid in the earth under the soil. And then I also strung copper wire around um, the uh, the antennas, the Fibonacci sequence as well. From the so, top of the antennas yeah. to, to connect each one. So yeah. they, they grow even worse. It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's wild. Like we pulled a plant out that had nothing but roots grown right around the pole. Yeah, like all amazing. the roots just sucked right around the pole. Like they were all trying to like dig into the wood and try and become part of the wood. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, wow. what the, What causes that? I mean, there's no explanation out there that I can find that makes any scientific well, and sense. And so they say that- Other than what she found. That the, uh, the copper wire with the natural wood pulls the extra energy, the magnetism from the air, from the ether, and it redistributes it back into the soil. So it magnetizes your soil. It makes it again, uh, like moisture, gives it moisture control, um, some pest resistance and, uh, and make sure your crops, your plants grow like 40, 50% bigger. So, um, I'm like, I'm so tempted to go out and pick some of those beans right now, but I'm like, they've, I mean, they're only three or four days old and they're already bigger than my hand. They're babies. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to leave them for a week. And I mean, they should be as big as my arm. Exactly. So that's so amazing. Yeah. Oh, I am so interested in that. I'm going to keep watching on the Instagram because every day I'm checking on, on what you're posting out there. Cause I'm just, like I said, I'm so fascinated by electroculture now because I'm seeing so many different people having success with it. And there's a bunch of different, you know, like you said, you're using the Fibonacci sequence. I've heard other people use different methodologies, but they're all yielding these massive harvests. You know, yeah. these you're talking vegetables, fruits, whatever they're doing. It's you, just, you it's on it. She's got a garden. There, there are people that I know that have an apartment that are yep. doing this shit and they're getting the same results in containers in containers. Yeah. That was where we had the plant with the roots. Last year I took all my pepper plants and I cut them all the way back because peppers take a really long time to grow, even in the South. And, uh, and I put an electroculture antenna in each one. Um, and it was probably only you know, three or four feet tall. And I think all but two of my peppers, we had a couple really deep freezes over the winter. I didn't even bring them inside. And all but two of my peppers survived. I think I lost a ghost pepper and a Carolina Reaper, which those do not do cold. Um, but, but I even saved, I even still have a ghost pepper and I think two Carolina Reapers left. We, I mean, we, wow. we grow some freaking hot peppers and Tabascos and jalapenos. And, but I had seven um, California peppers, like just green, sweet green pepper plants that all survived. And now they're four or five feet tall. I put them all on the ground. Yep. So. Yeah. That's amazing. And oh. that's just electroculture. Yep. So yeah. I mean, this, this shit has been around. Like it was this thing I saw on Instagram the other day. Your grandparents knew that this was a way to cure the common cold. It was take onions and soak them in vinegar. And then you take a teaspoon of it once a week. And honey. Or honey. honey. Yep. And honey. Yep. With honey. And then you take a teaspoon of it once a week. Mm -hmm. And it keeps away the common cold. I, I mean... Where has, this is the science that's dying. This is the stuff that like people, like I, uh, if you, if you watch that, um, the TV show dope sick, 
that doctor that gets addicted to oxy oxy he started out by saying hey if you rub this plant on that or no, you soak soak your foot in soak your foot in epsom salts, or you rub this plant on your your wound. That will actually take care of that. And that's how he started. He started by prescribing stuff like that, and then all of a sudden he goes. You see him go through this transformation where he goes to some prescribing these ridiculous drugs to people who really don't need them, and nope. he's just giving it to them. That's the Flexner report for you. You know, yep. that's that Rockefeller medicine. Yep. Yep. That's exactly, exactly what that is. When that's really, you should be growing things like Borage or, um, and, uh, Lovage and, um, Burdock Root and, um, Shit, ginger. Mycel- Ginger's uh, huge. Honey, anything uh, natural. Mull- mullein leaf. Uh, I mean, I'm just talking herbal remedies right now. You know, th- these are all like little known, underutilized herbs that are super easy to grow and cure almost anything. Borage, borage is, first off, it's a beautiful flower. The leaves taste like cucumbers. Um, You can crush a leaf and put it on an insect bite as a poultice. Uh, If you make a tincture with borage leaves, you just put it in water, it cures nausea. Um, It also works for blood flow, ADHD, and uh, diabetes and high blood pressure from one plant. That's amazing. That is amazing. Just say that like our grandparents knew all of this information. Yep. All of our grandparents did. Your grandparents did. My grandparents did. Uh, his Everybody's grandparents knew this information. Nobody has taken this information. Nobody's done anything with this information. It's just sitting out there. Some people are just letting it die. Some people have completely forgotten some of this. I mean, imagine what we've forgotten. Imagine what we knew way back when that we don't know now. Oh, like um, you don't get cancer if you take a, a do a parasitic treatment on a monthly basis? Shit like that. Yep. Because cancer is parasitic in nature. Yeah. Almost all illnesses are at the root cause. Wow. Oh, well, guys, thank you so much. This has been amazing. We could go on for three hours, but unfortunately, I got to get up in the morning. (laughs) Same here. Um, Tell every tell my listeners where they can find you. I, I, you know, and I highly recommend listening to your podcast and your Instagram page because, like I said, I check in on it every day now ever since I found it. I'll have to start posting more on there. I slack on that one a lot. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, so uh, easiest way to find us is uh, through our website, patriotpartypod.com. That gives you links to all of the channels that we're on. Um, so whatever is easiest for you, as well as the audio podcast that I put out usually the day after the next morning. Um, and then uh, our sponsors as well. We've got some amazing ones down there, primarily focused on health and wellness. Uh, I mean, outside, you know, the standard my pillow, my Patriot supply and, and Dr. Kirk Elliott for silver and gold. Um, you know, we, uh, we found this amazing, um, nano silver fluoride free toothpaste called fresh mouth. That's absolutely blows you away. Like actually heals your teeth, heals gingivitis, restores your enamel. Um, no fluoride. It's crazy. Um, you know, things like that. Uh, we've got a, a parasite doctor on there that does parasite cleanses. I've been really big on that lately because that's huge. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, our good friend Justin that we said that we lost over last summer, we've helped keep his company alive. He had the best CBD on the planet, so serious CBD. Yep. Um, and we use that in conjunction with Kush uh, creams for Mick. I don't know if you know, Mick had brain surgery some 18 years ago. They said he'd be dead five years after. Obviously, he's not. He lost all of the feeling in his foot. Um, Actually, my leg. In his entire leg, uh, all the way going up. And he just recently in the last 
couple months has regained the feeling in his foot from getting him off all big pharma drugs, um, going all natural, uh, microdosing psilocybin, uh, using THC and CBD, distilled water, and uh, all clean food. And that goes for everything else too, like PTSD. Like if you, everything's if done. you got, if you got listeners healed. that are military guys that uh, uh, got PTSD problems, I'm telling you, this microdosing thing is no fucking joke. I'm telling you right now, it is. Yeah. It is a wave that is gonna. If it ever makes it into Mainstream, mainstream medicine, medicine, it's going to change everything. We have to drop the Rockefeller system first so we can bring uh, all natural medicine back. But absolutely, I mean, we, I'm literally cured him of everything blood pressure, PTSD, um, seizure disorders. The whole he hasn't had anything in a year. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. And he's oh. regained the feeling in his foot. Yep. So, yeah. Well, guys, it's, thank you. Thank you so much. This is this has been amazing. So, Mick and Feeglin, thank you. Right, what do you got going on? Just the same old stuff, man. Just having fun. And uh I appreciate everyone uh, you know, purchasing the shirts and all that stuff, man. Just uh enjoying life, dude. Um what do you got going on, man? Nothing. Just you can find all my stuff at the Great Deception Podcast, Instagram, um, this podcast, obviously, on all the pod feeds, and then I got the Patreon, so patreon.com slash the great deception podcast. So Guys, thank you very much. This has been one of my favorite Monday Night Master Debaters, and we'll, we'll have to do it again sometime. So, yeah, this uh, is a blast. Anytime. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. Everybody, stay strong and quick. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me. Our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. 
If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. <laughs>